times, brothers and sisters here at Bramble, you give me two weeks in a row, okay? That might keep you from coming next week, but or uh, prepares you for next week. So what we'd like to do is we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 over the next two weeks. So turn in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> am, I, am I coming through? Am I good? Josh is giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> And uh, am I good to start too, Josh? I'm good? He's, he's throwing his hands up. I don't know if that was a thumbs up or a... This is my favorite part of speaking, when we look in the back and we're like, are we ready? Because James and I, we always say something awkward or, you know, incriminating or something. <laughs> the clouds were coming out again. So in Matthew chapter 6, hey, we just got finished with the, uh, the Beatitudes, right? And, and Matthew chapter 5, and uh, chapter 6 is full of stuff. But what I, I want to just look at is um, the last half, so to speak, of Matthew chapter 6. Certainly there's a lot more there in the first 18 verses that we could look at. Um, but uh, for time's sake, i only got a couple weeks. We'll do that. Josh, I'm good, buddy? Thanks, buddy. All right. Um, if you look at, at Matthew chapter 6... Um, here's how we're going to break it down. Um, verses 19 to 21. The, the question is, where are you storing? Okay, where are you storing? And that's a question of investment. Okay, a question of investment. And then verses 22 and 23, the question is, what are you seeing? Okay, what are you seeing? And that is going to be a question of insight. Okay, a question of insight. And then in verse 24, the question is, who are you serving? Who are you serving? And that's a question of integrity. A question of integrity. And then the last several verses there, the question is, why are you stressing? Why are you stressing? And that's a question of insecurity. question of insecurity. I don't know how far we're going to get this morning, <laughs> but um, that's hopefully where we're going to get this week and next week. Okay? But let's just read verses 19 to 21 first of Matthew chapter 6. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is will be also. The Lord will bless the reading of this word again this morning. Let's just open in prayer. Our Father, we do ask for your help now. We thank you for thy Holy Spirit, which can lead us and guide us into thy truth. And um, just pray that we might be able to um, take some practical things from your word here and apply them to our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, this first part here is a question of investment. Um, The definition of investment is this. An investment is an asset or an item that is purchased with the hope that it will generate income or appreciate in value at some point in the future. 
An investment always concerns the outlay of some asset today, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's effort, right? In hopes of a greater payoff in the future than what was originally put in. Right? That's the definition of an investment. That's what the question is here. Where are you storing? The first thing here in verse 19, it tells us, right, what not to do. Right? And in fact, it even in telling us what not to do, it kind of describes to us this first kind of treasure. Right? These are treasures on earth, right? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. And it says here that they um, where moth and rust destroy, or where thieves break in and steal. And so if we want to describe treasures on earth, right, they are fleeting. They are fleeting. Okay? The treasures on earth, right, they don't last. Okay? Um, they're not permanent. They're temporary. And so we see here these treasures on earth, right? You're not to lay them up, lay them up for yourselves here on earth because they're fleeting. Amy and I, our first apartment, uh, we had neighbors that lived above us, and he was a believer in the Lord. We praise God for that. We had a uh, great five years together. And uh, one day he was talking to me, and he actually was an architect, and he was, uh, in his words, like second to the CEO. Um, it was a big company, um, and he would share with me how he had his own yacht. Um, hey, the, my favorite stories was he would tell me how he would go to Africa on safaris, uh, him and his boss there. And, uh, and I just thought it was interesting as he's sharing with me the life that he had, clearly in the apartment that he was living right now, was not consistent with the life that he was telling me. And then he would go on to uh, share with me. He says, John, but even in all that, right, where I had everything, he said, God was not in it. And the reason I show you the story is that the reason why they were there, or they that pipe, why they were here in this apartment at that point in his life and no longer on a yacht or an African safari is because one of his buildings that he built, it collapsed and killed people. And so he was sued and he lost everything. But he was thankful for that. So because now God had to take everything from him for him to see that God wasn't in it before and now God was the center of his life. But the reason I share that with you is just an example of how, right, you can lay up treasures for yourself on earth, right? And it could be gone like this. Gone. I mean, like I said, it's amazing. He had a yacht. He was going on safaris. And now he's living in an apartment above me. Right? I mean, so much of the world today thinks that these treasures on earth, even if you get to have them up until you die, right? See, there's the, there's the point there in Luke chapter 12, right? Where um, Jesus shares the parable of the man who had a good crop that season, Right? He did really, really well, and he says to himself, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take down the barn, and I'm going to build up these uh, storage sheds, right? And I'm going to store all that I made here. And when he did that, right, he stored all these things up. He said, now my life is set. Look at what I have, right? Which we could apply to anything today, right, the, the, that the world uh, thinks is, is amazing, right? That you've got your big house, you've got your boat, you've got millions of dollars in the bank, right? But... As he's sitting there looking at what he had, and as he literally said, now I'm, I'm set for life, what does God say? He says, you fool. Today your life is taken, you know, you're called here and lost it all. So it's not even that the, the, the laying up of treasures on earth. Yes, those things are fleeting, but we know too that you can't take it with you. 
Right? You, you can't take those things with you, and we don't know when our time is done. Right? Life is short. Life is fleeting. Right? And so we hear, you know, this question is, where are you storing? Are you storing up treasures on earth here where moth and, and rust can destroy or where thieves can break in and steal? Are you storing up for yourselves things that are just fleeting? They can be gone like this. Or we see here in verse 20, um, or are you laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven? Here it says, moth and rust don't destroy. Right? Here, thieves can't break in and steal. The, these, these treasures are, are in heaven. Right? So even though treasures on earth, we could say, are fleeting, right? Here, it's almost like they're saying that the treasures that we store in heaven are forever. They're forever. Let me share some with you. Look at Philippians chapter 4. What does that mean, these, these treasures in heaven? What is, what is he talking about? Philippians chapter 4, Paul shares something very interesting. He's ta- writing this letter to the church of Philippi. And he says now in verse 15, Philippians chapter 4, verse 15, he says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. And for even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Amazing, right? What a great testimony to the church of Philippi. There were times in Paul's ministry where none of the other churches gave to him except Philippi. Okay? There are times even when you read that, you know, Paul doesn't even want to ask Philippi to give because he knows their needs. And they said, listen, who are you to tell? We're still giving. Right? They were a church that was a great example of giving. Like I said, we're talking about this idea of investment, right? This question of investment. But here's the verse that, that really um, stood out to me here in verse 17. Notice what Paul says. Paul says, listen, listen, not that I seek the gift, right? Paul's saying, listen, God will take care of me, right? I'm not looking for you to give me a gift, right? I, I, I trust that the Lord will take care of me. But look what he says. But I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Wait a minute, where is this account? in heaven isn't it right you see this church as they gave to paul's ministry right god is saying hey listen heaven's watching heaven's keeping track of what you're doing and paul's excited about that paul couldn't wait to see the fruit right to see okay wow you guys just deposited another amount into your account in heaven i'll give you another example right you know um in uh the lord jesus he's talking to his disciples right and he tells them, right, in, in Matthew chapter 10 and Mark chapter 9, that if anyone gives you even a cup of cold water, right, speaking about his disciples, he says that person will certainly not lose their reward. Yes, the, the disciples were going to end up being rejected and suffer and ultimately be martyred, right? But the disciples had a tremendous responsibility, didn't they? Right? As Christ died and He rose again and He ascended back to heaven, He entrusted the beginning of the church to these disciples. And He says, listen, anybody who invests in their ministry, 
Well, great is their reward in heaven. Right? They won't lose their reward. Even if you give a disciple a cup of cold water. You see, it is all recorded in the account books in heaven. And it will be repaid a hundredfold in a coming day. You have the parable of the rich young ruler. Right? He says, Lord, you know, what must I do? So the Lord Jesus says, okay, have you kept the law? And he goes, every bit of it. I've, I've, I've kept every bit of your law, Lord. He goes, okay, go back home, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then you will have what? Treasures in heaven. There's something to be said about the things that we invest in here on earth, that there's an account in heaven. There's an account. So treasures on earth we know are fleeting. Treasures in heaven are forever. But where your treasure is, in this kind of thing, that is fundamental. Fundamental. Look at verse 21 here. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, this radical financial policy, right, is based on this underlying principle. That where your treasure is, that's where your heart is too. Okay? It's fundamental to our Christian lives, right? This is the underlying principle here is that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So if your treasures are in a safe deposit box, then your heart and desire are also there. I'm not saying that you can't have a safe deposit box with things that are valuable in there, right? When we talk about treasure, we're things that you treasure, right? These are the things that are important to you. If those things are in a safe deposit box, well then, perhaps your heart and desire are also there. But, if your treasures are in heaven, right, well then your interests will be centered there. You see, the, the teaching forces us to decide whether Jesus meant what he said here. Church, listen very carefully here. If, 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 if Jesus meant what he said here, right? Don't store up treasures on earth. They're fleeting. Store up treasures in heaven, which last forever, because where your treasure is, there your heart is. That's where your heart is. Okay? If, if, if Jesus meant what he said, then what are you going to do with your earthly treasure? It begs the question, did Jesus mean what he said? If he did, then that's the question you have to ask yourself. Now, here's the question you can ask yourself. If Jesus did not mean what he said here, then what are you going to do with your Bible? But if Jesus meant what he said here, then what are you going to do with your earthly treasures? I've been, I've been having fun listening to my friends talk about this newest app, Robin Hood. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar, Robin Hood is this app now where you can, you know, have some fun uh, investing in different stocks, you know. And uh, I was thinking of this, Robin Hood is that, you know, as I don't know much about the stock market, but what you hear always is that nothing's certain, right? <laughs> right? That's the whole big part of the game is, 
you know, you invest some here and you hope you get return for it, but sometimes you don't, right? And then, and if you don't pull out soon enough, sometimes you can lose that investment and so on. But, uh, the thought I had was, and this is just an example, is that there are so many things like Robin Hood or other things that we are, are earthly investments that we are concerned in. And so my question to myself was, okay, am I concerned as much with my spiritual investments as I am with my earthly investments. And so I asked some questions to myself, and I do not mean this to uh, make you feel guilty or anything. These are questions I ask myself, and um, you can just hear me ask myself these questions um, and take it as the Lord, Lord leads, is this. I ask myself this, considering this idea, this, this fundamental principle here about where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. If it's hard for me to tithe $50, but I never even think twice about spending $75 a month on cable, where is my heart? Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you can't spend $75 on cable. I'm just saying, you know those times where we're like, "Mm, I know I should give something to the Lord, but I don't know. But we never think twice about our cable bill. If I could spend one hour on social media each day, but I find it hard to pray for even 10 minutes, where's my heart at? And you could throw anything in there, right? Social media, TV, whatever it is, right? The point is, I know in my own life, it's so hard to just spend 10 minutes praying. If I can work six days one week to collect some overtime, but have no problem missing Sunday because I'm tired, where's my heart at? If I can't honestly think of any money, time, or effort that I have recently put into furthering the gospel, where's my heart at? Try to illustrate it to you this way. I was uh, I flew to Florida this past February, and in the few times that I've flown in my life, I have yet to see one person like put pictures of their children on their window or decorate their chair that they're sitting in. Why not? Because that plane ride is just taking you from one destination to the next, right? To, to spend time. Investing in your airplane seat, right? It's foolish, right? And yet that's what we do. We spend all this time and money and effort investing in this life when this is not what matters. It's where we're going, amen? It's where we're going. If let's say, right, that this country came up with a law and says, listen, if you decide to leave this country for any reason, You cannot take anything with you. But if you know that you're going to leave this country, before you leave, you can send whatever you want over to there. What would you do? (laughs) You wouldn't just keep building up stuff here in this country, knowing that you're going to lose it, right? You would be investing it over there to whatever the new country you're going to. 
That's kind of like the idea here. Church, where is your heart at this morning? So, how do I lay up treasures in heaven? How do I do that? I have three just simple, hopefully practical ways that you can lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. The first one is give. Give. Okay? Give to whatever it is. Give to the Lord. Whatever that may mean for you. Okay? Um, there's a quote here. It says, you can't really give uh, God anything because He already owns it all. Right? So, um, again, I'll try to illustrate this way. Is, um, so our family, one of the traditions we have, I love it, is at Christmas time, um, we bring the kids to the dollar store and we let them each buy something for their brothers and sisters and their mom and dad. Okay? And I thought about how interesting that they get so excited, right, to buy a gift for mom and for dad. It's my money. <laughs> okay? They don't have any money. So I'm giving them money for them to buy me a gift. Right? But I love it, don't I? Right? I, I love, listen, Amy and I, we, we get all these gifts for our kids and we always say, why do we do this? Because the, when they all open each other's gifts and we open their gifts, that's the most fun we have on Christmas morning is those little dollar tree gifts that we give each other, right? I think it's like that way with God too, right? He, he owns everything anyway, right? But he loves it when we give to him. He loves it, right? And so give. And, I, and certainly, you know, Money is, is something you can give, but time is something you can give. Effort is something you can give. Um, but when I, when I say giving, right, uh, Jim Elliott once said this. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which he, that which he cannot lose. Right? I mean, think about that. The next time you feel led to give something to the Lord in whatever capacity it is, right? And we sometimes hold back like, ooh, I might need that for something else, Right? Why do you want to keep that which is not going to last? Give it to something that will last. But it's hard, right? It's, 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 <laughs> it's difficult. But Jim Elliott, right? He, he knew what that was like. He forsook it all, right? He, he gave what he could not keep so that he could gain that which he could not lose. So listen, brothers and sisters, if you want to lay up treasures in heaven, give, right? Give your money to the Lord. Whatever that God, God gives you, give it to a missionary, right? There, there are so many missionaries that you are aware of. You know of them, okay? And if you don't, I'll, I'll let you know of some. But you can contact CMML, who we've been close in contact with. But there's so many different ways that you can give to the work, okay? Think about that. Think about how you yourself, right, how, what an investment that is to be able to give to a missionary who is then sharing the gospel in some you know, tribe somewhere, right? And, and how cool it would be is one day, right, when you go up into heaven, you see that account, right? And here you have this, these people come up to you and say, hey, listen, I got saved because of your investment. Right? It's a great quick question. Again, sobering. How many people, when you get to heaven, are going to say, hey, I'm here because of your investment? How many? Give. It's not that hard. Listen, we we have an abundance here. We have an abundance. Right? And the government wants to keep giving us. <laughs> right? What are you using that for? 
Use it to invest in God's kingdom. Lay up treasures in heaven. Okay, so you could give. That's certainly one way. Serve. Serve. Right? There are so many ministries that share the gospel. There are so many ministries that are building up the church that you can get involved in. Listen, we have Vacation Bible School this year. A tremendous ministry where you get to share the gospel with kids. And then guess what? Those kids talk to their parents about what they learn in Vacation Bible School. And we've seen it here at Brantford. They get saved. They get saved because you were involved in VBS. You made an investment. You took your time and you served at VBS. And you put it into your account in heaven. So many things that we can get involved in. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Yeah, I don't know, Brian, if I'm the cat's out of the bag. But, you know, last year we built that big, huge movie screen. And we did two movies last year. Well, this year we're doing it all summer. We're doing a movie night every month for the community. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but every time we did it last year, we presented the gospel of Jesus Christ to all those people that were there. Okay? There's lots of ways that you can get involved and serve. And you are literally depositing it into your account in heaven. Laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Guess what? Be a missionary. Maybe God right now has been kind of tugging at you. God's been leading you and He needed me to just come up here and stand. Hey, listen. Be a missionary. Okay? You've got our support. Okay? If, if God is calling you to some crazy place somewhere in the world, go. Go. What an investment that is. Do it. As the Lord leads you. There are lots of ways that you can lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Not just giving. Not just serving. And maybe you're sitting there saying, John, you know what? I don't have the means to give. Okay? Alright? John, you know what? I can't serve. I'm, I'm bedridden. Uh, um, whatever, whatever the cause might be. Okay. The last one every one of us can do. This is one of the best ways you can invest. Pray. Pray. Now listen, if, you're, if your prayer life right, uh, involves, you know, praying before your meal every day, maybe praying before you get to bed at night, and your prayers consist of, thank you, God, for this, thank you, God, for that. Those are good and well, but that's not investing. <laughs> that's not investing. Who are you praying for, right? If you can't, right, give or serve, okay, then who is out there that is serving that you can pray for specifically, right? We have missionary prayer handbooks that we give you guys every year. There's a thing that you can pick every day who to pray for. They're out there. They're out there furthering the gospel. You can invest in that by praying for them. And man, how cool would that be? You get up there in heaven one day and they say, wow, praise God, I'm here today because of your prayers. You invested in that. Many of you are familiar with James Dobson. To me, it was a ministry that my family and I, we, we value growing up. You know? Uh, focus on the family and the Dobson ministry. It's interesting that Dobson, back in like 2020, they were doing a, an interview with him. And Dobson said this, he goes, my paternal grandmother and my maternal great-grandmother did more to shape my spiritual understanding than even my godly parents. And you know what he says one of the reasons was? They prayed for me. They prayed for me. You have no idea, parents, as you pray for your children each and every day, the investment that you're making. Who knows how God will use our children. Right? But I know it can't happen without prayer. Without praying. 
I was thinking about this. It is Mother's Day. My mom is here this morning. I'm only here today standing for you, sharing God's Word with you because my mom invested in me. And in James as well. The reason I have a a godly wife is because my mom invested in me. My mom prayed every day for a godly spouse. Prayed every day that I would walk with the Lord. She invested her time. She invested so much of her resources into James and I, whether it was allowing us to go to camp or things like that, right? But she made investments so that I could stand here today. Do not underestimate the importance of prayer and be intentional with your prayers. As David talked about last week, it was just a tremendous message that we need to be intentional, have a plan, have a place. Who are you praying for? Pray for the church. Pray for commended workers. Pray for children. So again, the question was here in this first part, where are you storing? Right? It's a question of investment. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. It is the greatest investment you can ever make. You can ever make. And again, because of this idea of investment and because it's Mother's Day, I just wanted to share with you one more story. And you know what, Elijah, I'm going to need you again because I forgot my book. I think it's right there on my seat. <laughs> Doing a great job today. The book. There's only one book I have back there. Lillian? Lillian? That's the one, yeah. yeah. Was there another book over there? You want, you want the hymn book? I want the hymn book? Or Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Um, so again, speaking of investing in your children, if you can, have your children read biographies of missionaries. Uh, it's a tremendous investment, I think, in the lives of our children. But um, this, this lady here, and I'll be honest, I haven't even read her book. Um, I, I, this one I actually heard from Anna. Uh, she was telling me about her, and it just really I thought was appropriate with what we are just sharing today. Uh, this lady, Lillian, her name was Lillian Trasher, and uh, Lillian actually was engaged at one point, and 10 days before her wedding, she called it off because she felt called to the mission field, and her husband did not, or her fiancé, and so she was never married. So again, I want to encourage those of you who, have not, who are not paternal mothers, right, that the Bible clearly says that you are still a mother. You can still be a mother. Even though if you never had children, you'd be a mother. Because this woman here, actually, you can look her up. She's famous. Uh, what she's famously known for is she is the Nile mother. The Nile mother. Um, Lillian Trasher, she founded the, uh, Egypt's first orphanage. She was the first orphanage ever founded in Egypt. And um, there's a quote here where uh, it says, Do you mean to say you have no food for tomorrow? The Egyptian man sputtered. Well, yes, Lillian replied. The man exclaimed, how awful. Will you be able to sleep tonight? One of the orphan girls laughed out loud and said, why, mama never has any food for tomorrow, and she never loses sleep over it. Uh, she was a woman who just prayed, many, like time, many often like George Mueller. Um, but I'll just read to you here the very last part of this book here. 
is pretty neat. Just as again, looking about investments, right, and, and having it returned to us hundredfold. Um, it says, um, no one knows for sure exactly how many widows and children Lillian Trasher cared for, though the number was certainly close to 10,000. Some of them stayed a brief time at the orphanage and others for a lifetime. Thousands of people in the United States and around the world mourned Lillian's death. In the United States, many articles were written about Lillian's remarkable life. One of them read this, Lillian Trasher, whom the press once described as the greatest American woman living outside the United States, ranked high among the missionary heroines of her time. During her 50 years of orphanage work in Egypt, she cared for nearly 10,000 children, the homeless, the helpless, and the blind. They called her the Nile Mother. One day, not long before she was hospitalized, a news reporter had asked Lillian, Miss Trasher, what is the secret of your missionary success? What is the greatest thing you ever did? There isn't any secret, Lillian answered. I just stayed. I did not quit. I stayed with the work God gave me to do. Listen, that's all we ourselves, right? There's no secret. There's no secret here, church. Okay? Whatever it is that God has given you to do, don't quit. Don't quit. Keep doing it, knowing that, listen, we are laying up treasures in heaven, right? There's an account. Heaven is keeping track of what's going here. And what a blessing it'll be, right, to be in heaven one day and be able to share with each other how our investment allowed that person to be in glory. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, we recognize this morning um, we, that uh, when we consider this idea of um, you know, using our assets um, to get a better return or to appreciate the value, there's no greater example than you. <laughs> you came to this earth and you, you gave everything. You, you gave your life. Um, and uh, now to think of, uh, of the, the return that uh, your Father has gotten from your sacrifice, uh, the investment that you made, Lord Jesus, at the cross, and how so many now, so many have enjoyed forgiveness of sin, so many have enjoyed a relationship with their Creator, so many now get to enjoy eternity in heaven. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you for your example. Help each of us, each and every one of us here to ask ourselves, where are we storing? Are we storing up for ourselves treasures on earth? Because they're so fleeting. They're, they're not permanent. Um, help us each and every day to consider how we can store up treasures in heaven. Um, whether you've led us to give, whether you led us to serve in some way, uh, but especially to pray, Lord. Um, thank you so much for my mom. Thank you so much for uh, the many women uh, who have invested in my life. Um, and um, just thank you for being gracious to me. Thank you for Lillian Trasher and so many others uh, who um, were willing to invest their lives uh, to further the gospel. And so, Lord God, again, pray for each and every one of us here that maybe this morning something convicted us, something pricked at our hearts, Lord. Help us not to ignore it. <laughs> Lord God, please, if we were to hear your voice this morning, pray that we would not harden our hearts. Lord God, um, so help us, Lord, to um, invest in your kingdom. We pray these things again in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.